What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the next episode of Raise the Apple. We got a lot to talk about today, mostly around the league and Major League Baseball, because there's not much going on with the Mets, because the Mets haven't played. We're almost two weeks into the season, and the Mets have played five games. Beyond frustrating. Yesterday, the game was postponed against the uh, <clears throat> who they playing? The Phillies. Game's postponed because of rain. Day before, game was also postponed against the Marlins because of rain. After Stroman threw nine pitches, they played for seven minutes. Um, and then Stroman was trying to delay as much as he could so they could pull the tarp and the umps just weren't having it. And then eventually they decided to call it. <clears throat> There's about a two-hour-ish rain delay. And then they finally suspended it. And it'll be part of a doubleheader later on in the year. The Mets now have four doubleheaders throughout the year. Or four? No, five now. They got today, a doubleheader today. Then they got the makeup against the Marlins. And then they have the three doubleheaders against the Nationals throughout the year because they missed the first three games of the year because the Nationals had a COVID issue. But today, for the doubleheader, Taiwan Walker, who was fantastic in his Mets debut in his last start, will get the nod for Game 1. Game 2 will be Stroman coming back, which was kind of a bit of a surprise. You thought Stroman, you thought you had a wasted start with Stroman and he wasn't going to be able to go for five days, but I'm sure he talked himself into being able to pitch. I would hope so. After only throwing nine balls, I would think, or nine pitches, I would think he'd be good to go. And then David Peterson, who was supposed to start last night, gets pushed back to tomorrow, who was not very good in his first start. Throughout it, in his career last year and his first start of this year, the Phillies have just owned him. But the rest, against everyone else, he's been great. It's just the Phillies he's got to figure out. But beyond frustrating as a fan, watching your team, watching everyone else get going, and only get to watch five games so far. And it's hard offensively for the Mets to get anything going because they they're not playing consistently. It's hard to get under get their feet underneath them and get going because they haven't played. It's super annoying. But I mean, they're obviously things that are out of the control out of our control. A lot of people would make the argument that the Mets shouldn't not have played at all on Sunday, which is a fair argument. You know you got to keep in mind player safety and all that, uh, but you know what are you gonna what are you gonna do at this point? There's no point in complain still complaining about it because it's not gonna change what happened. So they do have the doubleheader today. Uh, like I said, Tywin Walker gets game one, and Marcus Stroman will get game two. Going to be super fun. Hopefully the Mets could come away with it at the very least, at the very least, a split. I definitely think if Stroman and Walker pitched like they did in their first starts, the Mets can sweep the doubleheader. That would be awesome. But in other Mets news, J.D. Davis and Dellen Betances both have been placed on the 10-day IL. J.D. Davis got hit in the, was it, the, I want to say wrist or hand got hit by a pitch on opening day. Uh, he's on, he is now on the IL. The Mets bring up Jose Peraza to take Davis's spot, and they DFA'd Franklin Kilome. So that way they could have room for Peraza on the 40-man roster. And then Dellen Betances, who made one appearance, he's on the IL with right shoulder impingement, and the Mets bring up Trevor Hildenberger to take his spot in the in the bullpen. 
for the time being. Both of those are kind of big losses, more so with J.D. Davis, but uh, VR and Guillaume and Jonathan VR and Luis Guillaume seem to have a nice little platoon going at third. They're doing very well, <clears throat> excuse me, to start the year, taking JD's spot. This is an instance where the Mets really could use the DH. I mean, if you could have VR, I'm not too keen on how he's been in his career defensively, but we know Guillaume is a wizard defensively. And then you could have JD as the DH. That would be ideal, but there is no DH yet. With Batansis, Batansis is kind of a wild card right now, and I only say that he did make one appearance, but Batansis wasn't the Batansis we've known with the Yankees, so it's kind of tough to see where he is. He's dealt with a lot of injuries throughout his the past couple years, unfortunately, because when he is right, he is one of the nastiest relievers in all of baseball. And ideally, if you're the Mets, your back end, the back end of your rotation is... Uh, Trevor May, Batansis, or Familia, and then uh, Diaz. Probably have May in the 8th, Diaz in the ninth. have Familia or Batansis in the 7th. But every time Familia seems to pitch, it is a roller coaster of emotions for whatever reason. I don't know. But that's pretty much... Oh, there is one more thing with the New York Mets that I forgot to talk about. The quote-unquote first, first home win of the year... Came with a little bit of controversy at the end. A win's a win. Uh, if for those of you who didn't see it or didn't see the blow up on social media, Mets had bases loaded in the bottom of the ninth after McNeil hit an absolute laser to tie it. it that was awesome, by the way. But Conforto's sitting up there and he takes a pitch. He turns to avoid getting hit by it because I guess from his perspective, it looked like it was in more than it was. His I'm trying, I'm trying to do it with me so I can get it right. His right elbow comes in, gets hit, gets hit by the pitch, <clears throat> excuse me, and they think that, and the Marlins had a valid point that he leaned into it. It certainly did look like he leaned into it. And then the Mets did catch a huge break there, but if you look back in history, how many times have the Mets gotten screwed over calls like that? One goes the Mets' way. I don't think that game will not be a difference maker. You know, when you come down to the end of the year, if there's a wild card spot or whatever the case may be, and it's a one game difference between the Mets and Marlins, then maybe we're talking about this still. But I, it's a win's a win. I could see the argument the Marlins would make that Conforto leaned into it. It certainly did look like that. But nothing again, nothing you can do about that now. There's. Uh, that was just, I mean, no win's a win in my mind. I didn't, I personally think the Mets got away with one there. But also, how many times, again, how many times have the Mets gotten screwed? It's nice to have one go their way. But I don't, Conforto's not the type, I don't think, to do something like that. But he, I don't know, he very well could have intentionally tried to lean into it. It looked to me at first like he was, he thought the pitch was in more than it was and was turning and his elbow just his elbow guard just got whacked, but, you know, furthermore, looking at it, it did look a little bit sus, but uh, wins a win. We'll take them. We'll take them. And the Mets, when they've played five games in almost two weeks, you got to take what you can get. Uh, but that's pretty much all going on with the Mets. They got the doubleheader today, like I mentioned. 
They got their series with the Phillies to start this week. Then they're ending this week in Colorado where apparently it's supposed to snow and be crappy weather again. The Mets can't seem to catch a break. But maybe, you know, maybe you have a little, like, 2019 National story where the Nationals started off horrible. They were 19-34, and 34, whatever it was, to start the year. Then they come all the way back and win the World Series. Just keep giving the Mets problems. It'll be nice when the Mets are winning the World Series this year to have that little, like, comeback story, in my opinion. But uh, we'll see. But, that again, that's all for the Mets today. The rest of today's episode is the rest of Major League Baseball. There are three things to talk about today. First is Joe Musgrove. Congrats to Joe Musgrove. Through a no-hitter against the Texas Rangers, the first no-hitter in the history of the San Diego Padres. That is awesome. Now, every single Major League Baseball team has a no-hitter. It was just the Mets and Padres for a while, but in 2012, Johan Santana ended that. And then the other night, Joe Musgrove. Now, every team in baseball has a no-hitter. I watched the last uh, two innings of Musgrove pitching it. I don't like tuning into no-hitter, and it drives me nuts. I love watching no-hitters because they're so rare. And they're so awesome to watch. But every time I tune into a no-hitter, within the next like two or three hitters, they lose it. Earlier this year, Trevor Bauer, his first Dodgers start, went six no-hit innings, I want to say. Six no-hit innings, I believe it was. As soon as they turned on two batters later, base hit, no-hitter over. Uh, last year, Kenta Maeda had a no-hitter late in the game. Turn it, up, turn it on, two hitters later, loses it. Uh, the Jose Barrios and Corbin Burns no-hit duel that they had going on earlier this year. Tuned into that. A couple batters later, no hitter over. I don't. <laughs> so I apologize if I've cost your team a no hitter in the past, but thankfully Joe Musgrove came through. That was awesome to watch. Joe Musgrove's also a San Diego native, so he did it for his hometown team. It was in Texas. Some people say, "Oh, it's against the Texas Rangers. They stink." A no hitter is still a no hitter. It doesn't matter who it is against. A no hitter. And a perfect game, more so perfect game, but they are the hardest things a Major League Baseball player can, the two, or from a pitching standpoint, and I would say in general baseball standpoint, the hardest thing a pitcher can do is throw a perfect game. Second would be a no-hitter. The hardest thing for a hitter to do, I would say, is the cycle or a three or four homer game would be the hardest thing for a hitter to do. When they happen, they are a big deal. Especially perfect games. Especially four homer games. I mean, we saw J.D. Martinez had a three homer game the other day against the Orioles. It doesn't matter what team it's against. So don't try. Don't be that person that's discrediting his no-hitter because he threw it against a bad team. That's just, that. no, that's, that's stooge. Don't be stooge. Um, but next up is the play at the plate. If you know, you know. Sunday Night Baseball, Braves and Phillies, by the way, fantastic game. It was a great game, and Ronald Acuna Jr. is so freaking good. It is unreal how good Acuna is, and he's 23 years old. He That's insane to me. But the play to play, for those of you who don't know, it was 6-6 going into the top of the ninth. Alec Bohm of the Phillies is on third. I'm trying to remember who hit the fly ball. Can't remember. Can't remember who hit the fly ball. Fly ball hits a shallow left field. Ozuna catches it, throws it. Bohm's tagging. Bohm, I was shocked that he went, first of all. 
I did not think that was deep enough for him to go, but he goes, slides in, Darno goes to put the tag on. He's called safe. I did not think at first that he was safe. And then looking at the replay, Bohm's foot never touched home plate. I don't know if Bohm realized that or not, but his foot never touched home plate. And if you look at any other, the angle that we all saw on TV, Bohm's foot clearly did not touch home plate. And any other angle you could have looked to see if his toe quickly tapped home plate, Darno's shin guard was blocking the view so you couldn't see. So Bohm thought he was safe. The ump thought he was safe. Philly thought he was safe. Braves were not happy. Braves were, and justifiably so. Then they go to the replay. For the way MLB replay works is there has to be conclusive evidence that the play should be overturned. There has to be 100% certainty that that play should be overturned. And for some reason, the MLB replay center, obviously they have more angles and camera views that they could see than us. They said, Bone touched the plate, he was there. I disagree 100%. If Bone was safe, if he touched the base, if he touched home plate, that's a different argument. But Bone never touched home plate. He still hasn't touched home plate. So I think MLB replay really goofed on that one. The umps really goofed on that one. Now you got the people wanting robot umps, which I think is stupid because it brings excitement to the g- Bad calls like that bring excitement because you see Brian Snicker come out and get his money's worth. It was hilarious watching him argue because he kept moving his mask because he didn't know what to do with it because he knew he had to keep it on, but he wanted to scream at the umps. And then eventually it was like in the middle of his face covering his eyes and nose and he's just sitting there screaming hilarious but it brings a little bit of fire to the game which the game needs and the re- but the replay there that was a horrible call in my opinion Bohm never touched home and then Bohm after the game said I was called safe that's all I'm gonna say on it or something along those lines in my mind I'm not gonna do any speaking for him but I wonder if Bohm and the Phillies thought he was safe and then they went and took a closer look after the game at the replay and were like oh you may have gotten away with one there so that's why he was, he had a great response to it, in my opinion. But horrible call. The replay system has goofed a couple times this year. That was a big one. I'm if you're I mean if at the end of the day it is one game, so it may not be the difference. But that game, the uh, Braves end up losing. Fans are booing like crazy. Trash is getting thrown on the field. That was just a horrible way to end the game. Frustrating way to end the game if you're the Braves. But the Braves will be fine. They'll get that win back. That was a very annoying call, to say the least, because he never touched... Whether or not he beat the throw or not is a different argument. He never touched home plate. But then, I mean, what can you... It's one. It's like the Conforto issue. It's what can you do? What, what can you do? But the last little bit for today is kind of a controversial issue just because he's not very well liked by people and that is Trevor Bauer for those of you all know if you've seen previous episodes I am very much a Trevor Bauer fan I love Trevor Bauer I love what he's doing he has he made a start his second start of the year against the Oakland A's some of the balls from his start were taken out to be examined by Major League Baseball because of suspicion of a foreign substance aka pine tar or something sticky on the balls that was giving Bauer a better grip on the ball. Now, first of all, 
if Bauer is using a substance. That is wrong. I disagree with that. I don't think any pitcher should be using anything when they're pitching. That is wrong. I will say that is wrong. However, it is ridiculous that Trevor Bauer is the only one that is being publicly there that is MLB has publicly brought up as who they're investigating. In my personal opinion, you could call it a conspiracy theory, you could call it whatever you want. Trevor Bauer is one of the most vo- is the most vocal guy in Major League Baseball when it comes to calling out Major League Baseball on their rules and all that kind of stuff. Let's just, for lack of a better word, he is a thorn in the side of Rob Manfred and the rest of Major League Baseball. Bauer has been very vocal, as we know, about the pine tar issue. He said they need to make it legal or actually enforce the rule. Now, in my mind, my first thought is, why would the person that is advocating for MLB to actually enforce the rule be doing the thing that they want MLB to enforce. So why would he be doing why would he be using pine tar if he's so vocal on MLB enforcing the pine tar rules with pitchers? That was my first thought. My second thought was if Bauer thro- let's say let's take this as an example. I don't know if this is what happened, just think of it as an example because you have to consider all possibilities of what happened. Bauer could very well have been using pine tar or other substances. For, but he also very well could not have been. Take uh, Will Smith, who is the Dodgers catcher. Batters are allowed to put pine tar on their hands or batting gloves or whatever to get a grip, better grip on their bat, so they're not letting their bat go flying and they're drilling fans. Let's say Will Smith put, has pine tar on his batting gloves, puts them on his bat, takes his batting gloves off, gets some pine tar on his hands, uh, Bowers throwing warm-ups, Throws the ball to Bauer. The, the the pine tar that's on Will Smith's hands now on the ball. Now it's in Bauer's hands. And that could go with any duo. Take Jacob deGrom does not use pine tar. But take Jacob deGrom and James McCann. If James McCann's rubbing pine tar all over his hands and throwing it back to deGrom, and then they take the ball out because there's sticky stuff on it. Well, the sticky stuff came from James McCann rubbing pine tar on his hand. It had nothing to do with deGrom. And the same possibility, there could be that possibility with the Dodgers too. Will Smith could have had it on his hands, and now he's throwing the ball back to Bowers, so now they think Bowers got it. I mean, again, this is just a possibility. I'm not saying that's what happened. It's a possibility. It's also a possibility he was using pine tar. But I think, and Dave Roberts, I agree with what Dave Roberts said, who is the manager of the Dodgers, that Bowers being singled out by MLB. Why is he being singled out by MLB? Because he has been very vocal against MLB for the way they enforce certain rules and suspensions and all that kind of stuff. He's been the most vocal and critical of MLB in the way they've done things. So single, so they're going to single him out. And it ticked me off because there is proof. There is no proof. Well, I shouldn't say there is no proof. There is no nothing. No decision has been made. No verdict has been reached. If Bauer had pine tar on his balls, that he on his baseballs that he was using. There, however, is proof of Garrett Cole, pitcher for the New York Yankees, 
exchanging texts with the former Astros club or not Astros Angels clubhouse employee, asking for help in a sticky situation with a winky face. Garrett Cole has been rumored to have been using pine tar for the past couple years. Nothing has happened to Garrett Cole. Why? Because Garrett Cole has not been critical of Major League Baseball publicly. That's why I feel like Bauer is being singled out because I'm willing, and we saw the video on Twitter of John Means of the Orioles who was flipping the ball in and out of his glove and it looked like there may have been something fishy going on there. I'm not saying there was. It looked like there may have been something fishy going on there. My thing is, if MLB is going to actually enforce this rule, they made it very vocal at the beginning of the year they were going to try and enforce more of the pine tar rule for pitchers, then if Bauer gets in trouble for this, then there should be dozens of pitchers following suit because I can guarantee you that Trevor Bauer, if he is using pine tar, I don't think he is, but if he is, he is not the only one in Major League Baseball that is. And there is no way that MLB can justify suspending him or holding him accountable for it and not saying a thing to or about anyone else publicly. Every single pitcher that they take balls from to inspect should be public knowledge if they are going to make Bowers public knowledge. If they take Garrett Cole or, again, I'm just saying these guys as examples. I'm not saying they use pine tar. I'm just using them as examples. If they take Garrett Cole or John Means or whoever the case may be, if they take their balls, that should also be public knowledge. And they should not be just singling out Bauer, in my opinion. Now, the counter-argument would be, well, Bauer, Bauer does use pine tar. He's used pine tar his whole career. We don't know that. But we can't sit here, and he very well could have, but we don't know. We can't sit here and just go after Bauer. If we're gonna, if people are going to be critical of Bauer for using pine tar, then they should be critical of all pitchers for using for the pitchers that use pine tar. Because Bauer is certainly not the only one. I will guarantee. I will put money on the fact Bauer is not the only one in Major League Baseball that's using pine tar. From a pitcher standpoint, hitters it's hitters are allowed to because they put it on their batting gloves and put it on the bat to so they don't let the bat go flying. From a pitcher standpoint, Trevor Bauer is not the only one. And then I got ticked off even more. I want to pull up these uh, tweets quick. A verified Astros writer. I don't, I'm not trying to start a war with anyone. I'm just using this as an example because I found it hilarious. An Astros writer tweeted three separate tweets about Bauer. The first one said, I think it's time to take away Trevor Bauer's Cy Young. He is a dirty player, biggest cheater in the game. The second tweet said, Trevor Bauer ruined the integrity of baseball. And the third one says, no one has used banned pitching substances in a manner that Trevor Bauer has done it. He went to the next level. He should be fined and suspended. I <laughs> I laugh because that was said by a Houston Astros fan. A fan of a team that cheated a World Series was proven to have cheated a World Series by stealing signs, banging trash cans, using camera footage to steal signs and cheat a World Series where no players were fined or suspended. Their punishment was to face the music. 
they had to deal with the fans, according to Rob Manfred. A.J. Hinch and Jeff Lunau. Jeff Lunau, who was the former GM of the Astros. A.J. Hinch, the former manager of the Astros, now manager of the Tigers, were the scapegoats. They were fired and suspended from baseball for one year. Alex Cora, who was the Red Sox manager, then got punished, then now is back as the Red Sox manager, was suspended for a year and fired. Carlos Beltran was a player on the Astros was hired as the Mets manager. Mets and Beltran mutually agreed to part ways, which in my mind is code for he was canned, and he said, okay, I understand. They were the scapegoats. They took all the heat for that Houston Astros scandal. Now, Houston, the Houston Astros scandal was great for baseball in the aspect it got people talking about baseball again. But in terms of the integrity of the game, it ruined baseball. How, how can anyone, not just this writer, but anyone sit there and say that any pitcher who you, how can any Astros fan sit there and say that a pitcher using pine tar ruins the integrity of baseball, but are okay with the Houston Astros not getting, and saying that um, Bauer or any other pitcher should get fined and suspended, but don't say a word about the Astros not getting fined or suspended for proven that they've cheated a World Series from the Dodgers back in 2017. It's it's the hypocrisy for me. <laughs> uh, it was It's just annoying to see that people, I mean, everyone's like, when are you going to stop talking about the Astros? That was four years ago now. Get over it. No, that's that's not how it works. You know, people, you can't choose what situations you forgive and forget and all that stuff that or you can choose that but this that if you you have to be consistent is what i'm trying to say you know you can't sit there and say oh the Houston Astros cheated we forgive them this guy though that's using pine tar on his pitches we can't have that happen he needs to be fined and suspended but we don't think that our te- our players should be fined and suspended for cheating a world series that's uh, just that's all I'll go into. I don't want to go too much on a rant and say something wrong that'll get me in trouble or something. But it's, the hypocrisy of it is laughable, honestly. But we'll leave it at that. I mean, very well, I could get proven wrong. Bauer could be using pine tar, for all we know. But for the people that are so critical of Bauer using pine tar, don't act like that there aren't teams and players who have done way worse that you have forgiven, if that makes sense. But, again, we could go into a different tangent on that another day, but we're not going to. That's pretty much going to wrap it up for all the news of today's episode of Raise the Apple. A little fiery controversy at the end. We'll see what happens with that. But the last little bit for today is this day in Major League Baseball history. It is Mets-related yet again. Today in Major League Baseball history, the captain, David Wright, hit the first Mets home run in City Field against the San Diego Padres. It was a go-ahead homer. Who better to hit the first Met home run in City Field history than the captain, David Wright, the real captain in New York? Uh, let's see how much hate I get from Yankees fans for that one. But that is going to wrap it up for today's episode of Raise the Apple. Make sure you like, comment, share down below. 
Make sure if on Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts you are also subscribing. Make sure you check the link down below to my second channel and subscribe there. And follow us on Twitter at RTA underscore pod where I try and live tweet during every single Mets game. Sometimes life comes up, whether it's work or school or whatever, that I have to tend to first. But nine times out of ten, I will be live tweeting every single Mets game this whole season and hopefully all the way to a World Series. We will be back on Thursday. Hopefully the Mets will actually play baseball games today and tomorrow. And that'll do it. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed it. Let's go Mets. Bang, bang, won't stop till we're legends.